You want to get inside the heads of your enemies, right? And understand them. And we have the Bible for that, which is the ultimate source. We can observe people who stand opposed to God. And then on a public policy stance and what they're doing to us, doesn't the why, if we can understand the why, could that get us closer to solving the problem? You know, the ultimate cure for me for this is electing godly people who seek to serve and not be served. And God gave us intelligence, skepticism, and curiosity. And I find myself this morning curious about the heart, such as it is, of the bureaucrat and the the technocrat, or to say it a better way, the heart of the party. And what beats in there. And specifically, what they think of us. So I started a little thought experiment. How would we be loved by the party? What would we do? In some ways, it seems self-evident we would serve the party. And other ways, I think it's less self-evident. This is the voice of a guy, a dictator, who froze the bank accounts of truckers because Joe Biden's people told him to. No, they did. The White House said, Justin Trudeau, you need to stop this thing with the truckers no matter what. This is a guy who backs Black Lives Matter Incorporated and their terrorism, and he's used it to affect public policy. This is a guy who backs the global top-down push to turn kids into mind-numbed, racist, angry little sex bots who don't know their gender. And he used, to get that, he used, look at the protests. Look at the demands for human rights. These are human rights issues. He used the protests of teachers to say, we have to shut the schools. Now listen to Justin Trudeau. Uh, I, mean, I think we, we have uh, a robust functioning democracy and uh, protests, public protests are an important part of making sure we're getting messages out there and Canadians are getting messages out there and highlighting how they feel about various issues. Uh, but using protests to demand uh, changes to public policy um, is something that, that I think is, is, is worrisome. Okay. Um, so to so demand a change to public policy, that's worrisome. Nope. Nope. Inconsistent. So how do we make ourselves loved by the party? So to weight loss at sodaweightloss.com helps us do thought experiments like this. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Getting inside the heads of one's enemies is important, instructive. Sometimes it's, of course, horrifying. And to think about wanting to be loved by the party, 
I mean, clearly give them money. Okay, that's that's helpful. Do what they want. That's helpful. But I think there's something far more to this. I'm going to play a relatively long clip, a pretty long clip from Justin Trudeau, because I think it, I think it, I think the answer's in it. But I think the answer's in it by what he doesn't say. I watched the whole thing, and it's very dramatic. This is a review of his emergency powers he seized in Canada when he had already declared himself dictator by his actions, and then he officially declared he's a dictator and then acted like a dictator because of a flu. Except it wasn't because of a flu or anything like the flu. It was because they want to see what they can do to us. So how do we, how do we become loved by them? Yep, there's giving him money. We're going to talk about Sam Bankman-Fried and the continuing FTX scandal and what it displays in comparison to what would happen if you or I were wrong by 500 bucks on our taxes and didn't correct it. We'd, we'd end up in tax court. Sam Bankman-Fried still running around. As I'm recording this, he's still intending to go sit on a panel with the world's finance bosses. And so how do we get this love of the party? This is the full clip of what I played earlier from Justin Trudeau. It's, 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 this is the briefer one. I want to play one at, at length and comment on it because of what Justin Trudeau doesn't say. You know, some of their asks are non-starters, like overturning the results of the election that we just had. Uh, but in terms of uh, responding to their demands uh, or, or legitimizing them by engaging, I'm highlighting that I'm worried about setting a precedent uh, that a blockade on Wellington Street can, can lead to changing public policy. People need to be heard, uh, but we need to get that balance right. Okay, but you didn't do that with men who pretend to be women and now force Canadian society to agree. You said, oh, look at these so-called trans women. And they're protesting. Well, we need to change public policy. Look at the protests. Look at the people in the streets. Black Lives Matter Incorporated, same bit. The Robin Hood tax, which was a top-down push with Kylie Laysan and, and the people from the left on top of that, same people who did Occupy Wall Street. Oh, we need this. We need redistributive taxes. Oh, look at the kids. The little kids protesting about uh, the weather and climate catastrophes and such. Well, we can't just be silent. We need to do what the kids say. It's phenomenal to me the way these people are the lie. Justin Trudeau is a spiritual captive. But he never addresses some things in this. And the longer clip is even more robust in learnings. Uh, And then uh, she agreed that I need to be cautious and I don't want to set any bad precedents. Okay, so fairly self-explanatory. There's there's a a willingness to to discuss, but you you were concerned about setting a precedent where uh, a blockade could equal a, a a change in public policy. Is that fair? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we we have uh, a robust functioning democracy, and uh, protests, public protests, are an important part of making sure we're getting messages out there, and Canadians are getting messages out there, and highlighting how they feel about various issues. Uh, but 
using protests to demand uh, changes to public policy um, is something that, that I think is, is, is worrisome. No, you're a liar. You don't think it's worrisome. You think it's worrisome when it's done by people who you don't love. So how do we seek the heart of the party? How do we become loved by the party? You know, Sam Bankman-Fried bought love, but was it really love? He bought defense. He's mobbed up. That's why he's not being frog-marched. But how would we buy love from the party? And can we buy it? How do we achieve it? And I don't want to be loved by the party. What I want is to understand them more so we can fight them in policy, in politics, and win. Man, I had the most fascinating and helpful and invigorating phone call with a new partner of the show. And we're trying this out. I want, I want to, I would like you to try them out. Uh, They're called Healthy Cell. And I'm sold on the product. And when we started talking about working together, they sent me their product. Let me tell you that, that I, you know this about me. Uh, You know that I'm probably way too addicted to the gym. You know that I've had a couple of injuries in the past year. You know that I took off 150 pounds of unwanted fat and have taken that off. So you know that I spend a little bit of time trying to do what's healthy for myself because it gives me joy and the body is the temple. But when I sat down and I talked talked with the the executive team and really the boss at Healthy Cell, and I learned about the vitamins I have been just wasting my money on, I was stunned. See, most of the pills that you swallow in vitamin form, most of it is not digestible or, or a good portion of it. So let me, let me explain it this way. This is how he explained it to me. When you're getting these nutrients in this pill form, that's a, that's a method that hasn't changed since the 1930s. So all those vitamins you're spending money on, your hard-earned money, um, they are 10 to 100 times too big to be absorbed. So you could think of this as your, your vitamins have some trace that get into your body for sure, but the rest of it's like sand. And at Healthy Cell, what they've done is they've, de- they've developed something called a microgel. And this is completely absorbable. So that the vitamins are one thing, that's daily use. I've been using this sleep product, which is a mind blower. So I've used melatonin. I've used other things. This sleep product is the only one I've ever had that actually results in me staying asleep, but not passing out. Pure melatonin to me, I don't sleep. I pass out. I don't get the sleep cycle. I seem to get the sleep cycle with this stuff. And I think it goes down to the absorbability and then their obsession uh, with the best possible ingredients and that it's in this micro gel. I don't have to swallow these and choke them down. I don't have to do anything like that. It's a gel. I simply open them and swallow them. And I think the, the taste is phenomenal. And the clinical studies show that the new, yeah, the, the, the gel technology called micro gel delivers maximum nutrient absorptions up to 165% more than tablets. Please stop wasting your money on sand like elements just go to HealthyCell.com slash Todd. That's HealthyCell.com slash Todd. Use promo code Todd for 
20% off. 20% off your first order. Again, that's HealthyCell.com slash Todd, promo code Todd, for 20% off your first order. And I'm telling you, I'm sold on the methodology, the taste, the convenience, not something you have to mix up in water or anything like that to choke them down. HealthyCell.com slash Todd, promo code Todd. This is um, Justin Trudeau in a in a longer setting, and I I worry about playing this. But the reason I want to ask you to suffer through it with me is because I I well I may stop and make commentary, but I'm hoping you will find missing what I find missing in this because it's a great big key to how would we be loved by the party. So why would I want to know how to be loved by the party? Because I want to understand their heart. See, I think that everything about the party is stands opposed to God Almighty. All of their policies, all of their beliefs, all of their structures, all of their abuse of people, because there's the element that they want to be gods, that they think they're gods, they think of themselves that way. But that's kind of been there for a while. I'm wondering about the dark, cold, lonely heart of the party. I want to understand what it wants us to be. How do we get its approval? How do we get its love, if you could call it love? So this is Justin Trudeau. It's once again, he's being questioned about his decision to sign the Emergency Powers Act. Listen here to justification. Listen here to his assessment of himself. And as you listen to this, we also get a lesson on why Justin Trudeau is successful. Because he's excellent at this. He's excellent at pretending to care about people. It's really a good job. And it's shot in such a way that it's easy to view. This is a really good job. And he doesn't even have any idea what he doesn't mention. So at 3.40, when you receive the decision note from the clerk, the, we call it the invocation memo. Technically, it's a decision note. Um, and presumably you read it. Yes. Okay. And... Uh, was there anything in it that surprised you? Was that the advice you were expecting to get from the clerk or was it? It was the advice that was consistent with the consensus around the table uh, the day before um, at the IRG. Uh, you know, the clerk and the National Security and Intelligence Advisor and the uh, deputy clerk and all the heads of uh, departments and agencies um, had had a chance to weigh in on on the various measures and on the invocation. Uh, and there was a clear consensus coming out of there that this was what we should do. But it was a big thing, not a small thing, to have the head of the public service formally um, recommend the invocation of the Emergencies Act and the declaration of a, a public order emergency. Um, it's not something that had ever been done in Canada before. It was certainly not something that we undertook to do lightly. Um, and as a prime minister, I get to sign off and agree with these notes, or in some cases disagree with them. And that was a moment that I took uh, with the weight of the decision I was about to take. And I reflected briefly on 
first of all, the reassurance that it gave me that the entire system, all the inputs in the system. The entire system, all the inputs. Now, remember what the truckers were doing. They were sitting there. Yep, they had blocked a bridge. They were sitting there. They even stopped honking their horns. Just keep that in mind. That's clue number one. The entire system had come up to uh, the clerk of the Privy Council, the top public servant in Canada, impartial, um, professional public service. The top public servant, impartial and professional. He has no partiality. He's not wedded in any way to the system. He has no viewpoint. He simply has logic. Making the recommendation to move forward on this was essential to me. But I also reflected on, okay, what if I don't sign it? What if I say, okay, we now have advice from the professional public service to invoke a public order emergency. And I decide, you know what? Let's give it a few days. Where the professional public service had made a determination that the thresholds were met, that the use of it was appropriate and, you know, responsible, and the measures were the right ones that we were going to put in it. And I said, no, you know what? Let's wait and see another few days, another week to see if we really need to do it. Um, first of all, what if the worst had happened in those following days? What if um, someone had gotten hurt? What if a police... Okay. Someone already got hurt. The police ran over a woman with their horses. The police beat people with batons. In one case, I saw the police crash someone through a window. So what if someone had gotten hurt, says Justin Trudeau? This officer had been uh, put in a hospital. Uh, what if uh, when I had an opportunity to do something, I had waited and we had unthinkable happen over the coming days, even though there was all this warning that it was possibly coming? Um, I would have worn that in a way that we would certainly be talking about in a forum such as this. But more than that, the responsibility of a prime minister is to make the tough calls and keep people safe. And this was a moment where the collective advice of... Back to the system. ...cabinet of the public service and my own inclination was that this was a moment to do something that we needed to do to keep Canadians safe. From what? And knowing full well that this was an inevitable consequence of me signing, I agree, uh, on this note, um, I was very comfortable that we were at a moment where this was the right thing to do. And we did it. And it is a certain amount of comfort that 
first of all, the system is working as it should. The system. The, People who are defending civil liberties are able to say, you really should be careful about doing this. Maybe you shouldn't have done it. We have a system pushing back on this because it's a big thing, not a small thing to do this. But that also, we were able to solve the situation with it. That there was no loss of life. There was no uh, you know, serious violence. The man says there was no loss of life. There was no serious violence. That was about five minutes and three seconds. Most of it was Justin Trudeau talking. And that man is sitting here telling us that no lives were lost. There was no serious violence. It worked. Taking people's ability to earn a living away worked. When those people protested, taking the money they had saved, their life's energy, God had given them that money to steward, stealing it for a little while, worked. In that entire five minutes and three seconds, there's something that goes entirely missing from Justin Trudeau's well-practiced beautifully delivered statement. And because God has gifted me with the ability to speak and I try to steward that in a good way, I know how to do exactly what Justin Trudeau just did. And I hope to use it for good. So what was missing in that? Well, lots was missing in it. And one of, the, one of the things that's missing in it is humanity and humility. But we'll get, to, we'll get to what's really missing in that. And it really goes down to how do you get loved by the party? Well, one of the things you do is that you take the party's word that the party has your best interest at heart. So you look at something like Social Security or you look at something like Medicare, Medicaid and say, well, the party's got that handled. But the fact of the matter is this, if my friend and brother at Bulwark Capital Management, Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer there, if Zach was managing Bulwark Capital Management, anything like the ways that, it's, uh, that our finances are managed by the party, Zach would probably be in jail because of those activities. You know, we're going to talk here about the, uh, the 20 billion bucks that Biden's struggling to, to account for, that he gave Ukraine, that we, we sent to them. Oh, this is equipment, pardon me. Um, we're going to talk about the, uh, the, the Pentagon. Can't seem to figure out where a trillion bucks went. Golly, we don't know. Zach would be in prison, and rightly so. If Zach did what Sam Bakeman fried did, he'd be in prison. So Zach doesn't do any of those things at Bulwark Capital Management, but he tells us about them. He speaks very clearly about them. And the other thing that he does is he's a pragmatist. Yeah, our, our financial system is rigged. And yes, sometimes because of the rigging of our financial system, we do things like he might short a stock from a, from a company that does a lot of evil, like, like a BlackRock or something. He might short them. 
He might look at some of their positions and say, okay, but we could use this for good. Now, there are cases he simply will not place money with companies who are just standing absolutely adverse to the word of God. And he's talked about some of those companies on this show where they just will not place money and they've had clients get mad. And he said, well, I can't do it. Other people can. But it comes down to this. There's very few days left in this year. Is your portfolio prepared to survive the chaos economy of a Justin Trudeau who said it worked? Taking people's ability to pay their rent and to buy food worked. And I feel completely serene in my decision. Is your portfolio set up for the coming food shortages? Well, that's the risk economy. Call the chaos economy. Call Borat Capital Management and see if your portfolio can withstand it. It's 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Borat Capital Management is an investment advisor representative. Check Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Here's the last 42 seconds of Justin Trudeau. That we were able to get neighborhoods back under control, uh, border uh, border services opened, and um, there haven't been a recurrence of these kinds of illegal occupations uh, since then. I'm not going to pretend that it's the only thing that could have done it, but it did do it. And that colors the conversations we're having now uh, with the fact that these could be very different conversations. And I am absolutely, absolutely serene and confident um, that I made the right choice in agreeing with the invocation. Serene and confident. And it worked. The ends justify the means. It worked. It was effective. The guy who is the very, very broken, very sin-addled, seemingly, my opinion, dad of the guy who did the shooting in Colorado said, oh, I taught my son early. Violence gets instant results. I praise him for the use of violence. It gets instant results. Well, here's Justin Trudeau saying, stealing people's money, that gets results. What's missing in that entire five minutes and 44 seconds is any recognition as to what drove those people into the streets, people who don't protest. Now, remember, at every opportunity, the people in the party tell us, look, this, this is frustration with, with, with racial um, Racial injustice and white cops going out and deciding to murder black youth every single day of their life. Look, it's driven people to the streets. Look at the young people. They've been driven to the streets so worried about climate change and we're stealing their futures. They've been driven to the streets. We have to have gender justice. Look at this. People have been driven to the streets. The streets are filled with the voices of young people. We have to do something. What about the voices of the truckers? Why were they there? What had caused them to spend weeks in below freezing temperatures in their trucks, which are their livelihood? Most of those people owned their own trucks because guess what? Truck companies weren't having it. Spending their money on their generators from their diesel so that they don't freeze to death. What drove them there? 
Well, the answer to that is how to be loved by the party. What drove the truckers there was value for their own lives and the lives of their families. That's what drove them there. The Canadian economy had been trampled by that man. Small businesses had been snuffed out by that man. The truckers weren't being allowed to earn a living unless they got injected and agreed to be needle raped by that man and his career public servants who are impartial and professional. They valued their body, their integrity of their body, their autonomy, their humanity. They valued their own humanity. That's what was the offense. How do we be loved by the party? How do we achieve that? We devalue ourselves. If we will obligingly devalue ourselves, we too can be loved by the party. The people who make up the party can appear to be competent and competent, confident and competent. But it doesn't mean that they are. I think they're fragile. I think they're terrified of us. And I think it's any sign that we value our humanity, I think it drives them into great, great despair and fear. Why? Well, at this point, I'm utterly guessing. But throughout the Bible, when you see the Lord Jesus encounter demons, the, the demons freak out. What have you to do with us, son of man? We know who you are. Please, please, if you cast us out, at least let us go into the swine. They're terrified of the Lord Jesus. Now, I'm not comparing us to the Lord Jesus. I am comparing them to the enemy. They can't stand our humanity. Satan can't stand our humanity. Made in the image of God. If you listen to Justin Trudeau, the subtext of this is these insects. They had the audacity to say, no, I don't want my body pierced with your needle rape. I've seen what the mRNA injections are doing. I see the sick people. I know perfectly well they don't stop transmission or infection. I know that the masks were a joke. No, I'm not going to let you inject me with a lie. Even if you're going to steal the way I feed my family. I respect my humanity. I value my humanity. Um, Canada's a largely unchurched nation. But we have in our core respect for our humanity and respect for our own lives and the lives of our family and friends. And we have a love of our lives embedded in most of us. Most of us have a love for our life. Now, of course, the Lord Jesus said, those who love their life will lose it and those who lose their life will gain it. That is to follow him versus your own desire for your life. But it drives them nuts. The people they can't stand are the people who value their humanity. That's where they get upset with us and our kids' humanity. 
You want to turn our kids into Borg thinkers. You want to turn our kids into angry, drug-addicted, racist little sex bots. That's not what we want. How dare you? Whose kids are these, says the state? Who gets to raise them, says the state? Says the party. You're valuing them too much, says the party. We will not be done until you devalue yourselves for us. This is at the heart of their disdain for us as I see this. And it shifts in rather neatly to some other elements of what's gone on in society. Take, for instance, this. This is, once again, a very predictable outcome of the murders in Colorado. Very predictable. It's as cliched as cliched gets. It's, of course, not the fault of the shooter, or I should say, the guy who used a gun to murder people. It's always someone else's fault. You know, in response to Saturday's shooting, you tweeted, and I want to read, um, we don't know the motive yet, but let's be honest, the anti-LGBTQ hysteria being whipped up in this country has had me checking over my shoulder more than I have in six years. Tell me about that kind of, well, I guess, lack of safety that you feel. Why do you need to look over your shoulder right now? What, what, is, what is the fear? Well, it's, it's a scary time to be an LGBTQ person in this country. I live in the state of Florida, uh, and it's not just, you know, the extremists in different parts of our state that have been whipping up this anti-LGBTQ frenzy. It's powerful people in our state. It's, it's the governor of the third largest state in the union who has trafficked in some of the darkest and ugliest tropes in the books. And by the way, he's continued to do that. People, right-wing influencers around this country have continued to do that even as the temperature has risen. People are afraid because there are armed protesters showing up to drag brunches, places where, you know, we're just having a mimosa, eating eggs with our friends. Uh, have now become the front lines of a battle, a a culture war. Uh, People are afraid because there are white supremacists being arrested outside of pride festivals in places like Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, uh, threatening to commit acts of mass violence. People are afraid because children's hospitals in Boston and other cities uh, have suffered bomb threats over the last couple of years, having to install metal detectors and airport security like terminals. So the bomb threats never happened. Not once. The protesters in Coeur d'Alene, most of them weren't from Coeur d'Alene, and they were arrested having done no harm other than being rotten. And the threats. This guy survived a nightclub shooting. I can understand his fear. But he wants us to devalue ourselves. And he won't be happy until we devalue ourselves. There is no one, there's not a single instance that man can provide, not one, of adult adults showing up to protest just your average everyday drag show. Because hints, those go on every single day in the separate country of Seattle. You can go see one for yourself. Every single day that stuff goes on. And no one cares. It's when it involves kids because we value our children's humanity. That's, that's the difference. Uh, I already talked about, didn't I? I did. I shared with you. <laughs> My wife says I get obsessed with things. I do get obsessed with things when they're, when they're good for me. And I think that soaking in this cold, this cold lake, I don't say cold, it's freezing lake. Um, I think that's something I love now. 
because I love the health benefits of it. But it's also a reason for me to go back to uh, my, my pillow. I almost said my towel. I'm sure Mike Lindell looked into that. It's just another reason for me to go back to my pillow and get more of the towels. So if you have the pillows and you've got the sheets, but you don't yet have the towels, understand this. It's the same exact approach that Mike Lindell takes that is made in America, Minnesota. I know I said Michigan. That is my bad. I apologize for that. And it is small town, just right where Mike made the big mistakes. And later came back and paid and and welcomed people to work in his factories. It's done with the same love for America. It's done with the same chance for you to try these things. In fact, he's taken his 60-day money-back guarantee with the the towels, and he's extended them through March 1st, 2023. (laughs) That's a long time to try the pills. Then this, you'd regularly... To purchase these, it regularly costs you $89.98. You get these now for $39.98. So it's a six-piece towel set. It's the very best. You can wrap yourself in the same thing I do when I get out of freezing lakes. Go to MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman. There you're going to find deep discounts on all my pillow products. Get your six-piece MyPillow towel set. Comes with washcloths, etc. And it's only $39.98. Shop MyPillow.com slash Herman. Promo code Herman. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. And self-evident in the way Mike Lindell conducts himself is that he values his humanity. It bugs the garbage out of the party. And this, this young man who no doubt went through absolute terror when he survived a nightclub shooting. It's weird that the media can't find the other people who survived it and turned to the Lord Jesus and are no longer same-sex attracted. It's strange that they can't find them. So this guy speaks the same lie that they're all speaking, that Children's Hospital had bomb threats that did not happen. We know that because Matt Walsh's team did a Freedom of Information Act request to go find the bomb threats. The Boston police said, no, we have no, we have no, no records of those. And then he does the same thing. Oh, we're just sipping mimosas. No, you're not. You devalue or you want us to devalue our children the way you do. You want us to say, yeah, I guess it's okay that those grown men want to have little boys and girls rub their crotches. I guess that's okay. I guess our kids can be sexual toys for you in those settings. I guess it's okay that a man who suffers from a condition called autogynephilia, which is getting sexually aroused by forcing people or conning people into believing that you are a woman when in fact you're a man. Most of them don't have any interest in hormones or surgery. I guess it's okay that these guys go shake their rumps, lay on their back, spread their legs like a porno shot, and then invite kids to come and insert money into the waistbands of their little, of their little girl panties. I guess that's okay. I guess we're going to devalue our kids and think of our kids as something that can provide sexual satisfaction for these men, even if they don't actually go through with a full sex act. I guess that's okay because it makes these men feel good and it's being nice and it's being tolerant of absolute perverse sin. It's not the adults. No one cares. Not a person cares. The love of the party is the hatred of self. The more firm you are in an unchanging identity, the more the party hates you. If you apply to yourself a shrill, tiny, meaningless identity, 
the party loves you because you have devalued yourself. You've also made it difficult for people to connect with you. Describe yourself. I'm a gay man. What do you like to do? Well, as a gay man, I like to go to gay clubs. All right. You have any like hobbies outside the clubs? Well, as a gay man, I go to a gay gym. And I have to keep myself in shape because I'm a gay man and a lot of people want to beat me up because I'm gay. So I also take gay taekwondo. All right. Like any movies? I like gay movies. If you like gay movies and gay taekwondo, then we can be friends. You go to church? I go to a gay affirming church. If you like that, we can be friends. If not, you just, you, you hate me. Well, wait, can, can we, is there anything beyond attachment to behavior? that you are like are you a thinker are you a reader are you a mother are you a son are you an athlete are you a scholar are you a painter are you perhaps made in god's image nope that's it i'm a slim one-dimensional person but that's not personhood it's devalued personhood that's where the party wants us you can purchase from the party you can purchase a form of love from the party I guess that's what Sam Bankman Freed has done listen to this this is the cryptocurrency section of the Wall Street Journal Sam Bankman Freed was the founder and CEO of this utter utter, uh, scam called FTX The saintly Sam Bankman-Fried was on a mission from God to save humanity, but was unfairly destroyed by his evil enemies. The FTX founder pledged to donate billions. His firm's swift collapse wiped out his wealth and ambition philanthropic endeavors. Uh, Sounds like a parody. Here's the article. Part of it. Sam Bankman-Fried said he would give away billions. Broken promises are all that's left. The FTX founder pledged to donate billions. His firm's swift collapse wiped out his wealth and ambitious philanthropic endeavors. So the first one sounds like a parody. The second one sounds slightly less parodic. He was buying access. He was laundering money. He was feeding the party. Does the party love Sam Bakeman Freed? They use him. See, something happens. When you achieve a status with the party, you also devalue your humanity, but in another way. They want us to think of ourselves as worthless insects. They don't want us to have any self-esteem, true self-esteem. I'm, I'm proud of being a gay man. I'm proud of being a so-called trans woman. <clears throat> I'm proud to be black. I'm proud to be Hispanic. I'm proud to be left-handed. But in terms of true humanity, the true identity that we have that is created by God in his image, an opportunity to rejoin his family after the fall. Now we get a chance to come back and we'll always have second, third, and 405th chances until we don't. Until all the chances are done, they want us to throw that all out. They want us to be a slim, 
easy to knock over little parody of a human being who stands on one shrill, meaningless identity. And when they join the party, when people come to the party, they devalue their humanity in a whole new direction. They come to think of themselves as gods. They're devaluing their humanity. The flaws. God loves us despite them. The mistakes. God loves us despite them. Our humanity equals the inability to be perfect. Our humanity equals the inability to be better than any person we meet in this week, in this month, in the entire year of 2023. You're not going to meet anybody that God says, hey, you're far above that person. God can say, you're a good and faithful servant. You've used the talents and the gifts I've given you. You've leveraged them well. You've done wise things. And, and in that way, you're a good and faithful servant. And you're not more important. You're not more important. See, when they join the party, they're on the other side of the pride spectrum. They want us to be bereft of respect for ourselves. They puff themselves up, which God abhors with human pride. The Pentagon. Oh, it's, 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 I, I had the money wrong. The Pentagon fails to pass a new financial audit. They can't seem to account for over $2 trillion in assets. Hey, where, honey, where is that 20 bucks? I, uh, I, I came home at grocery store and I had 20. Oh, I don't know. You, you don't know where my 20 bucks is? I sat my, okay, get the kids down here. Kids, where's the 20 bucks? Dad sat down here. I want my 20 bucks back. Uh, Dad? Yes? Uh, it's, uh, it's over there. Oh. Dad, sorry. Pentagon, where's our two trillion in assets? What are you to ask? Who are you to ask? The career public servants, the public officials, the, the infallible, unbiased, unopinionated, intellectual neuters have said, we're doing a fine job. Who do they work for? Well, us. To respect our own humanity is to respect what the Lord thinks of our humanity. That's what the party can't stand. So we gain their love by denying our humanity in depression and anxiety in feelings of uselessness, or we join the party. And we deny our humanity by denying that we're human, that we are, can be godlike. And so what's the middle of the equilibrium? It is this. We're broken, flawed beings, and all of us have a sin problem. And our only hope is through the Lord Jesus. We're called to love thy neighbor as we love thyself, even when we can't like our neighbor. Crazy thing. How do we gain the love of the party? 
We deny the love of the Father. That's how we get the love of the party. And the further I dig into the party and how to gain their love, the more convinced I become that they truly do stand utterly adverse to God and they are completely held captive spiritually. And the more convicted I feel. It was was Sunday morning this weekend, the first time I prayed for these people. Really prayed for them. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and never, ever give in to what the party wants. Never give in.